Out From Work Podcast. My name's Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to the Waking Up From Work podcast with your host, Dave Swillam. I've got Ryan Kerrigan in the mix today. You're listening to episode 55. I do intro this out. However, all my audio engineer friends that are going to listen to this episode are going to hate me because I was really, really jazzed up about today's interview and forgot to record on my interface for quite some time into the interview. So you're going to hear some really shitty Zoom quality recordings from me to kick it off. Sorry. And uh, you're going to hear some continued shitty recordings on Zoom from Ryan, where he's at his like remote living spot with none of his gear and everything because of what's been going on. So sorry in advance for that, but I promise it gets cleaned up not that far in, like just past the intro, really. Today, we talked to Matt Blanchett, who is the audio engineer at Revelry Studio in Manchester, New Hampshire. So uh, for those of you that are Granite Staters and know me, that's right at our home turf here. And it makes me really fucking stoked because we talk to a lot of people from around the world and I love that and I wouldn't give it up for anything, but it is killer to meet and get to know a creative business, especially one that is a recording studio, because that is where my heart's at. So awesome, awesome conversation with Matt about starting a space like that and working and surrounding yourself with people that really back you up and get the same vibe to get some big goals done. So check it out. What's up, people on Instagram? Thank you for hanging out tonight. Welcome back to another episode of the Waking Up From Work podcast. I am Tom, and we got Ryan. Hi, it's me. <laughs> I try to like purposely give you like an awkward entrance just to throw you off, dude. You know that I love there's you. no awkward for me, bro. There's no Ryan awkward space. anymore, man. I'm a man without shame. So for those of you joining, uh, what's up? You're a man without shame. He knows no shame. That's right. Zero shame, dude. I like that. If you guys are just standards, no morality, zero shame. That's how I live my life. (laughs) I'll take that, dude. I'll I'll accept that. I accept you. Yeah. It's like a putrid, invincible field. (laughs) (laughs) We're calling that. So uh, listen, dude. The quarantine's getting the best of me. It's making me very fucking primal. Damn. Well. (laughs) You should be, man. I am, dude. I'm sitting here just doing push-ups and sit-ups and the, alone with the cat. Everybody Don't get else too breathy on us. <laughs> <laughs> starts breathing. I start shaving my head. <laughs> my camera's off, dude, because the cat's on you right now. Yeah, camera's off. Don't want to see you touching yourself. <laughs> oh, God. Listen, like, what are you doing? You're grunting <laughs> in the background. Camera that's for the people on Patreon. <laughs> that's, the, that's the hidden content for Patreon. Yeah, yeah. Dude, it's just being a G-string. Right. Wants that. You get to just see what Ryan's actually man. doing. One time. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome people on Instagram. Well, welcome uh, people checking into 
the podcast here to episode 55. I want to welcome Matt Blanchett from Revelry Studios. What's up, man? Thanks for joining us. Hey, Matt. Hey, my pleasure. How's it going, guys? Good, man. We've got our drinks. Ryan, do you have a drink, dude? Yeah, I got some seltzer water right here. Just staying hydrated. All hell. Keeping the... Keeping the larynx all nice and polished up. We talked we talked seltzer uh, last episode, so clearly that's important to us people. Yeah, so yeah, dude, Canada Dry, Lacroix. You know, if any of you guys want to just like hop on as a sponsor, have your people talk to our people. <laughs> you got to get the polar sponsor. Come on, you start yeah, with Canada not, Dry. You know, they're closer than me, etc. I'm well, I'm about it, dude. I'm not I'm <laughs> biased when it comes to the seltzer water. I see. I see. We get sponsored by like the the natty natty light seltzer or whatever it is, whatever we can find. Bottom <laughs> barrel. We'll get that. We'll have like waking up from work jerseys with that on it. Right, right. dude. I would wear that. Make that happen. So uh, to come a tank team that doesn't exist yet. What's up? I said, talk to the marketing team. Who? Yeah, right. We're, Funny because uh, we don't have a marketing team. Us, yeah. Just a live uh, inquiry online. <laughs> so uh, basically, uh, I hit up Matt uh, recently, and um, I've been checking out uh, your work for a long time, dude, and uh, been kind of following you along through social to watch you build up the studio and you know, it's really exciting to see that, uh, popping up in Manchester like that. So I really wanted to get, you know, I I've interviewed a couple of other, uh, engineers from like Vermont, from, um, from Maine, from all over. Yeah. But I haven't interviewed a ton of them from at home here in the Granite state. So I definitely wanted to catch someone who's doing so much work here. Uh, and get them on and hear about it, man. So for those of you that don't know Revelry Studios, it is in Manchester, New Hampshire, and uh, they have been doing some killer work with obviously recording, mixing, mastering people. They've always, they've also been doing a lot of video and getting it into the hands, extremely high quality video into the hands of local artists. And if you've listened along through the podcast, you've heard me shout at the the mountaintops at artists, at creatives, at people in marketing and different pieces um about how important video it is and making that accessible to some local artists and seeing the quality of it really you know has been something that uh i've been into man so welcome man you want to tell people a little bit about revelry or like your past how it came anything like that who haven't heard you before Sure. Well, just want to say thanks for having me on. Um, it's definitely really cool to do stuff like this and it's cool to just to talk about it. You know, it's, it's, we've had a really long journey to get where we are and, and everything kind of came together in such a odd and, but very natural way. So, um, you know, fast forward to now and it's, it's been kind of incredible. I mean, we never intended to do what we're doing, but we're doing super high production video now. We're doing high production audio. Uh, you know, I, I like to think we do a really good job and, and we work really hard at it. I've got a really great crew. And what I think is the coolest thing that's happened at, after starting Revelry Studios is like the kind of networking that's happened and this this kind of hub that started to come together in Manchester. Cause I, you know, I wasn't, I was never like uh super well networked or anything, but as we kind of yeah. got together with Joe Sambo and some of these other clients that started to be our, our, our bigger clients, um, we, we just started finding people wouldn't leave. <laughs> it's, it kind of is this thing where you show up and, and you vibe and then you just don't leave. So like a, a lot of the people who were clients now are like crew and family even. So it's, 
it's been rad. And uh, awesome. For anyone that's that's never checked us out, um, you can go to revelrystudios.com. We've got a banging ass new site. It's uh it's really cool and really flashy, and we worked really hard at it. It looks really good. So uh, I definitely would love anyone to check that out and uh, and send us a message if you've never heard of us or never don't know who we are. Just check it out and let us know what you think. The site looks good, man. I checked that out when you were saying that you just redid it out. It looks awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, I've spent a long time on it, and uh, yeah, we've been we've been doing cool stuff, and it, it's kind of weird um, because a lot of people ask me what I do, and it's kind of a like not a specific answer because we we do a lot at the studio. It's a full production studio, audio and video, and I, I think that's actually kind of rare these days. Um, studios that are doing like really good audio rarely are doing good video, so. Agreed. Basically, we started this thing, and I, I started to get really interested in doing like audio tree t- type stuff. That was, but I was never super impressed with the video that Audio Tree used to be doing. Um, so we really wanted to like step it up and and merge audio and video, and just like make video that made the, the song work. Um, so it, it started a few years ago. I was I've been working for about seven years in IT. And uh, I was just kind of recording bands, uh, not like serious recordings, just like demo stuff in my basement and demoing my own band, Paper Monsters. And that's kind of where the engineering interest started. Sure. But I never had any any goals like that to like be an engineer or anything. Um, but really what happened is um, I did a music video at, uh, at Misdirected Media in Manchester, uh, my band, Paper Monsters. And I, I kind of ran into an old acquaintance of mine, uh, Tyler Ayers. And uh, so we were talking while we were doing this music video and he was like saying how he really wanted a space to like play his drums. And I, I had a few bands come to this basement and just be cramped in this room. Exactly. And uh, you know, I wanted a place just to jam and have a big space. And my other friend, Kyle, Kyle Normandin is a great photographer. He, that's what he does. Um, and, uh, and he's, he's super great at it. But so we kind of decided three of us would just cost share a space, just split the cost of a, a big old room that we could do music stuff or photography or whatever. Um, so it was very modest. And then what happens, we started looking for a space and we kind of found one in this mill in Manchester. How did you find uh, that space? Well, Misdirected Media is in that building. And I actually recorded my uh, first album with Paper Monsters at Project 2 Studios. Um, okay. And yeah. they're, they're also in that building. And if you don't know Project 2, you should check them out. They're doing huge stuff right now huge stuff they just dropped a video um with joiner lucas that will smith was a part of yeah, um, it, dude. they've done a ton of stuff with chris brown uh timbaland uh there's there's it goes on but there's uh they do tons of big stuff it's really high budget stuff and, and i've just been super close friends with them for years um so we had an inn in the building uh tyler happened to know the building manager and just hit him up and the guy was hesitant um but we like kind of forced forced his arm, and he showed us this space, and it was just this huge space, exposed brick, huge huge high ceilings, and we're like, oh fuck yeah, like that's that's way. We're, and we were looking at renting out like half of a bay of a mechanic, you know, or something. It was just like right. some shitty space to do shitty punk rock stuff. Um, but when we saw this, it was like, oh fuck yeah! So we we grabbed it, and then it was a dump. And as we kind of started to like renovate it and paint it and make it not such a shithole we we had realized that it was like had way bigger potential than what we were originally thinking so we're like 
started scheming and started brainstorming. I was like, what if we built a wall right here? Oh, you know what? We could put a window in the wall, make it like a control room. Oh, dude, we should make it more like a studio. And um, it just kind of grew. Like every every 15 minutes, we'd have another idea. Be like, well, what if we like angle the wall? What if we treat this room? What if we raise the floors? And uh, so after the first month, we were like, you know, uh, of renovation, uh, we realized like this is just going to be a full boat studio. This is going to be the real deal. And uh, so once I realized that, I kind of saw a unique opportunity. I quit my job and I just started focusing full time on renovating the space. It took us like seven months wow, to renovate the space. We put a ton of time into it, ton of money, um, built count, all man. sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. We did did the whole thing. And I um, once it was, we opened in December of 2017. It's been a, a ride since then, you know, because. I wasn't an engineer. Tyler was an engineer. None of us were video guys, but all three of us had something in common. Like we, we we're all super organized. The three of us were all super driven and we all have this kind of innate sense of like high quality shit. All three of us can look at something and be like, that sucks. And it's not right yet. And we all kind of have this attitude of like, well, I don't know what's, what's going to make it right, but we'll figure it out. Like, we're just going to learn. So we just started learning together. We, oh, how do you build a, a control room? How do you treat a live room? Uh, you know, how do you record audio properly? What's, what's the best way to do video? Like no one, no one knew all the stuff. So we just started learning piece by piece. And thank, thankfully we had like seven months to learn it all while we were building the studio. Um, just started taking on projects. And <laughs> at first we were like, we're not going to do video really like just like live sessions, you know, cool stuff like that, but not like music videos. And then the, literally the first person was like, would you do a music video for me? We're like, all right, yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> um, so we're just driven dudes. The three of us uh, work really well together and uh, it's just gone crazy ever since now. Now we've, we've done a bunch of really cool videos. We did this video with this guy, Jay Zach. He's a rapper out of LA uh, that been a project too. Uh, hooked us up with um we flew him out from la and did this crazy high production shoot we flipped a car we had to buy and destroy a car oh my god <laughs> damn we have to do that wild. yeah it was like we got the we had i had to get the fire department involved um you know <laughs> and we we had to like build a hospital set so every time we like we just dream big and then we just figure it out and thank god that we just have a lot of people helping us out um, you know, people, like I said, while we're starting to build it, people just started to hang out. Joe Sambo showed up to do some Foo Fighters cover and then he just never fucking left. Now he's oh been God. helping us out. You know, our buddy, Tony, he is, is shout out to Tony, super smart, uh, dude who just like is the jack of all trades. He's a welder and he's a builder and he's just like, you just, That's every time we're like, how the fuck are we going to do this? Yeah. That's so it's just like, nice friend to have. He's super helpful. Every time we need to build something, we just call Tony. And be like, "What? Are, what are you doing, Tony? You're gonna you give up the next six days of your life. See you later." <laughs> and he's in. You know, um, our other friend uh, Jeremy Kingwill uh, is a, an amazing camera op. Uh, super smart dude. Again, uh, very creative dude. Went to film school. He interned on one of our sets, actually that Jayzak set uh, and project two was uh, helped us out by giving us a few interns of theirs. And he showed up and I was like, you are not a fucking intern. Oh my <laughs> you know, God, I, 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 you know what you're doing. You know what you're talking about. I immediately love your vibe. Um, so ever since then, but he's just been part of the crew. Um, and something that we like really have trademarked for part of our whole shtick is every Monday night we do a live session. We have a band in, 
and we do a live session. Um, it used to be that we would like, we'd go all out on these live sessions and, you know, we'd have to charge for it. Cause we have a, cause like a six person crew that goes into this stuff. Yeah. And we just weren't doing them a lot. They were always super cool, but he do them every few months. It's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Another live session. Um, but then I just had this thought and I was like, what if we just charge nothing, basically nothing for it and just make it as cheap as possible. And we'll just buy some pizzas and have a good time. But to, to make sure that it's like the crew is cool with that we're just going to do it on Monday nights. We're, you're not going to give up your Sundays every week or Saturdays every week for nothing, you know, but instead we'll make it fun and we'll have good bands in there. So every week we have a, a sick new band on Monday night and uh, we have this crew. We shoot like five cameras at once, um, edited up fully studio quality audio and it's just been super popular and we've met so many cool bands through this program. It's blowing um, up dude. and it's, it, it covers the overhead so that like I, we, you know, it's, so we're not just such broke schmucks just like spent years just being like, Oh, rent's coming. <laughs> oh no. Right. And that like changes the way that like that gets pressure off of you so that you can, like we've talked about it before where like you can't act the way like your best self. You can't like be that, person if you're stressed out to a point where you're like i need to figure out how i'm surviving if you have that cover then you can be who you need to be and that's like where things just keep popping up exactly we had this kind of revelation that was just like yo i love making music videos but a, a real boat music video is like a month of planning minimum you know what i mean this is you're talking about thousands of dollars and like calls 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 just calls and pre-production I, we did this video for sip um, this rapper out of out of Manchester, Sip. You're probably not watching, but uh, hope you're feeling better. Sip is actually a rapper. He, he's one of the owners of the USA Chicken Spot. And weird right on small Elm. world. Yeah, exactly. Um, time, weird world. He's the guy that got shot outside the Red Arrow like the day before Christmas. I saw oh, that. The, what? Yeah, he's that's him. Like so, yeah. and and he. Um, he's doing great. He he's fine now. I mean, uh, I'm sure he's got lots of physical therapy and stuff. He got shot in the neck, but it was oh a crazy thing where his Jesus. him and his brother were eating, and, and there was like a fight going on outside. So they ran out to like kind of intervene, and uh, so the the guy that was like I don't know one of the guys ran away, but as he's running away, he just grabs his gun and just starts shooting. Holy. Didn't even look. The camera shows I'm not even looking. So so this guy, my friend Sip, got shot in the neck. Um, he, he was in intensive care for a while. Oh, yeah. shit. Thank God he pulled through that. It was crazy. Yeah. But so we, we did this video for him and, uh, this video is shot all over Manchester. There's like 11 locations in Manchester. We shot on a bus, like a, a transit bus, a school bus. We shot in the airport. It's like, this is video. It's a three minute and 20 second video. I had to spend six weeks lining all that stuff up. You know, there's oh like 20 God. different actors. There's, there's, uh, you know, it's not easy to film at the airport. I, it's not easy to get like a bus to film in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Where people uh, accept that you're doing that. Cause it's not like you're sitting there with like just an iPhone. Like you have legit gear. You have all the everything stabilization yeah. people. Yeah, and it's tough. It's tough to put the pre-production together. So we just realized that like, okay, so I got to make a living and I'm not looking for much. I just got to put groceries in the fridge. But if I want to make a living off of this and I got to, I got to do like three or four of these a month and it's just not possible with what we want to put into it. Right. So that's why we started really uh, canning these live sessions. It's been so much fun. Um, so many cool bands come through this band. June just came through J O O N. Uh, it's been one time weekend. One of my personal favorites. They rip um, through Joe. We got, 
kind of tight with the South Shore community randomly. Interesting. Uh, Joe Sambo does these really rad, um, for a long time, his band, his backing band was the Quins, and he does these really rad Monday night jams in Plymouth, Mass. And what they do is just like local musicians just show up and there's just, you just sit in and you just jam. And that's really hard to do when you're playing like straight rock music. Right. But when you play like reggae and jam music, it's like so, it's so much fun. Cause you'll just, you just step up. He's like, Joe will just point you out in the crowd and just be like, you, you're playing drums. You're playing guitar. He walks up. He just starts like playing some, ding, 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 some whatever guitar line. And then everyone just starts to jam and it just say, then you spend like 20 minutes and then you rotate and someone else hops on and. It's it's wild. This is this big community in the South Shore of bands that are just ridiculously talented. Um, Hell yeah! Just the Elevators, a big big reggae pop band that's going on and blowing up right now. They just did a tour with Stick Figure, um, and just tons of good bands. Um, but anyway, we just got kind of tight with them, and they just started coming up, and it's just been great. It's been awesome. You can look on our site. Some of my favorite ones we put up on there at revelrystudios.com and uh, encourage anyone that's, that's looking for some fresh sounding local music to go check that out. Wow, dude, that's nuts. So like that was definitely like part of the reason why I wanted to have you on is just to hear like how it happens because it's like things like if you're not in the piece of it where you're just organizing it, like how do I get a jam space? People don't know, like, it looks like it just came out of nowhere, but it's like, I'm sure that all, you and everyone else, like you're, everyone's grinding their ass off for years until it looks like it came out of nowhere. But it's like, for people that have been watching, you're, you're grinding your ass off, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it takes forever. Like, like I said, the fact that we had to rent out the space, I mean, so that this, we have 2000 square feet of mill, old ass mill in Manchester. And it's like it's not like the mill across the river where there's like loft apartments. Like this is a dirty place <laughs> and the floor, like you can see through the floors in certain places in the hallways. So we, but our space, we're like, well, we don't want it to look like the outside. When you're walking through the hallways, we want it to look like a sick place. And yeah. Someplace that you're going to have fun and, and have a good vibe. So we just spent a ton of time, man. I cleaned the walls like eight times over and over again. There used to be a pottery studio in there. Okay. Yeah, I, kilns, I can't three different kilns. So on that. Like, the walls are like coated in like red dust. And so it's just like, uh, you know, you paint it white and it doesn't look any different. You're like, oh shit. Okay. This is going to take a while. Looks like you're in like a clay building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm in a brick oven um, right now. We've got a, we've got a, a video people can check out if you're interested. It's like a five minute thing where I just took clips of, um, basically all the cell phone footage I had through the build. And uh, just like the most interesting parts is called how to build a studio. And uh, it's just, it's fun. It's not like this tutorial thing, but it's a lot of the funniest and, and most fun parts of like building a studio, how it comes together. How do you, how do you build a wall like that? You know, and, and, and what kind of shenanigans happen? When what kind of shenanigans of happens? <laughs> yeah. Just it, infinite shenanigans, always, always something stupid happening. You know, like we've got a bunch of musicians in a room and a bunch of instruments and there's just, clowns everyone's a fucking clown (laughs) there's always a good time there's always a little bit of beer there's you know there's i i always say as a studio um the the accommodations i try to always have if if necessary is like you gotta have a little bit of alcohol you have a little bit of beer 
little weed and a little coffee, a lot of coffee. Nice yeah. to that's, balance it out. That's like, that's like the musician's diet right there. <laughs> Recipe for success. What was mixed, like the biggest, like, so when you guys were actually doing the renovating in the building, not having that, that necessarily that background. I mean, you got your boy, Tony, like you got your go-to, but like, like <clears throat> I can just picture myself trying to build that stuff and just running into like countless problems. Did you guys have any like funny building issues that you ran into, especially in that those Dude, like, old buildings? Just every step of the way, there's like some weird challenge you wouldn't have expected. Like, okay, so I built some sound panels, not that crazy. Like you just hey, cut Dave some and I wood, do those you too. buy some foam. So like you can Google it. It's not like ridiculous craftsmanship. Um, but we're trying to mount them to the walls, and you're finding like dude, this building is really weird. And I'm realizing the wall used to be an exterior wall, but it's not anymore. Nice. Now it's so they've they've expanded the building repeatedly. I'm like that's a window, and they filled it in. Now it's an interior wall. <laughs> So I'm trying to put like a fucking sound panel through it on a filled and I'm trying to window. drill through and one of, one of the bricks like you can't drill through it with a jackhammer. It's solid diamond. There's just and the next brick crumbles the second you put a nail. Oh. And you're like what the fuck is this? So one of them is like this was a window that was filled in and this wasn't, but the window was filled in during the 40s during the depression. So you're like bought all sorts of crappy materials. So like and you can literally see the craftsmanship it's made from the even clay on the floor. That was in there. Yeah, as I was going to say yeah, it's just it's the clay just piled like, up into the window until it just sealed shut forever. <laughs> you can you can literally like trace the floorboards and be like this is probably built this is original floor and this one was added. 20 years later and the stuff that was original is better quality because then the depression happened and they started like literally skimping whenever it was possible. Oh, yeah. So it was wild challenges. Like, and every time we're like, okay, we got to build a floor. We got to build a raised floor. And thank God I had, my dad helped with a lot of the more complicated construction because we would have built a wall and it would have taken us like seriously, like we'd six months in, we'd be like wall number one done. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> um, is your dad like a you know, contractor but, of some sort or he's just a good handyman? My dad's been into that forever. He was a drywaller, but he, he built his first house with just him and my uncle. Oh and yeah. It's like, hell yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know. He like, he just does everything. He's one of those guys, he's an old French guy, just a jack of all trades. Kind of like oh, I've built, I can do electrical. I can do plumbing. I can build a wall. I can build a window, whatever. Holy so, shit. I, I would give him these specs. I'm like, okay, so this is, I'm going to buy this, this glass and you need to mount it into the wall but I need you to mount the glass at an angle. And then I need you to mount another pane at a symmetrical angle. Mm. And he's like, why? (laughs) I've never had to, I mean, sure. But why do, why do you want your window at like exactly a 17 degree angle? And I'm like, well, uh, it's because I got to reflect the sound. You know what? Don't worry about it. Just do it. Uh, Just thanks. (laughs) Let's just hit that. (laughs) Trust me in my measurements. Yeah, cause yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I had a little bit of flex too, cause, you know, he's my dad. Mm-hmm. So, like, sometimes uh, Tyler and I would be looking at, like, okay, we're building a studio. Um, and there's a lot of decisions made to, like, for the best studio purposes. Like, this is the best acoustics, or this is the way that this is proper. And then there were weird decisions we made that were just like, this just looks cool. We're going to do it this way. Like, <laughs> we, we, uh, we made the decision to forego having a double door that leads from our live room or control room. And I, Still wish that I had one. It's framed out for one, but it really just people ask about it. And I went to big gyms in Concord and I found just the sickest looking door. And Tyler were like, are there two of them? No, there's only one of these doors. And it's just such a cool looking door. <laughs> like, yeah, I like it. Or one door. All now. Right, now yeah. it's one door. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Yeah. That's like, uh, 
that's what I've found. Like I'm, I'm, I've been, uh, in different spaces and it's like, whenever you're trying to build anything for a studio, that's where like the people in home Depot or like the people that are contractors that haven't worked on something that you're like asking for their help. They're like, why in God's name are you trying to do the thing that you're asking me? Like I, I made some of the, I made some DIY panels too. Like I think, I don't know. So I made some panels, yep. right? Just like some, but like when I'm going through Home Depot, like I became more of a handyman when like I bought my first place to live in that I owned. Like I just had to. So like I had to figure shit out, but like I'm not a right. natural handyman. So like when I'm taking on new projects, <laughs> Even with a ton of YouTube in my face, I still am just like, I'm going to ask the dude that has built shit for like 20 years what his take is. And it's like when you're in Home Depot asking for those supplies or something like that, they're like, wait, so what is it that you're trying to do? And you're like, oh, I'm trying to do like whatever it is that you're trying to do at the moment. You explained it and they're like, who gives a shit? Like, why, why would you ever do the amount of time or money that you're doing into what it is to do that? Like, you're the guy that works here. You don't ask that question. Yeah. (laughs) Right. We encounter that a lot still because we're like, we're just always doing weird shit for music videos. It's just like, uh, yeah, I'm trying to build like a tree, but out of wood, but I need like the, I need to stick a bunch of real leaves on it. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah, I don't even know how to explain it. I need to make it. a fake tree. Or I'm like, I need to build a wall that folds. Yeah, exactly. Or I need to build a wall that folds into itself and then cut holes in it to put like lights through it. Um, but also I need it to be on wheels. And they're like, what the what? fuck is going on like, over sir, there? So let me get this straight. Is he going to make some woman disappear into this contraption? <laughs> let me just make yeah, sure that this exactly. is true. You want us to cut down a tree turn it into processed wood so that you can then build a tree out of wood and then stick leaves from a tree that, back on it. So that's it. a you tree. There's okay. a tree outside. <laughs> oh my God. It's been wild. It's, it's a super interesting career. I, I really love what I do. Cause I, you know, one day I'll be doing uh, audio engineering and I'll be straight up. I'm an engineer. I'm talking about frequencies. I'm doing critical listening. I love that. That's like my bread and butter. But the next day I might be like on a video set. I'm, I'm a producer on this video set, which means I'm keeping shit rolling. I'm keeping everything on task. And I'm, I'm the next day I'm, I'm working with Tyler and we're like dreaming up weird plots for videos. And then the day after that, there's a band back in and we're doing pre-production and I get to, I'm not even recording them. I'm just telling them why the chorus sucks and why he needs to work on that before they come and record. Wow. So it's, everything's interesting. Um, it's, it's very cool. You meet lots of wild characters. Uh, Sounds like and, it. You know? Yeah. It, it really is like kind of a dream job. I never intended this to be my job. I, I always just knew I wanted to do something in the music industry. And, uh, you know, I made good money for a long time in it. It was really hard to walk away from, but when I was just like, when I was presented with the opportunity, it was like, well, you know what, if I'm going to, start making pizzas i'm not gonna like buy a pizza oven and then buy a countertop and then buy some stools i'm i'm just gonna get everything and just start doing it and just take a leap of faith and hope that everything works out and it's been about three years so so far everything's going well and until the until this whole weird nuclear fallout started happening yeah so I'm, yeah, I'm very you, excited have to you guys get, been get doing back during this. It. Obviously like you have, you can't be on site and whatnot, but has there been anything that you guys have been like capitalizing on in the downtime kind of 
but because obviously there's certain mediums, you know, podcasts and shows like that, yeah. that are, that, that can still kind of function. But like, what, what have you guys been able to still do? Well, so like I said, so, um, we talked about it before this, this stream started, but, uh, Tyler did a, a video with Joe Sambo recently, um, that just the two of them did, uh, in very small crews. Um, that's cool. Go check it out. Super positive video about this. Anyone that's listening, um, about this whole situation and it, it's trending like crazy right now. So what song uh, is it? It's called, it's called focus. Um, I engineered that song and I, I was lucky to like, I always had about a ba- a month like backlog of just post work that I had to do. Um, you know, the thing I find is that you just, you have to stay juggling stuff and you have to stay constantly booked right. to kind of make it work. Um, which I love, I love, I'm not a guy that sits still for very long. You know, I can't, I can't do it. So. Oh, it's supposed to be going great for you during this time then. <laughs> I, uh, I, mean, I, so I'm just wrapping up like the the hopper full I had of, of post works of mixes that I've been doing. So that's really good. It's been keeping me busy. Um probably about this time next week I uh, will be twiddling my thumbs and looking for a new hobby or something. But uh, <laughs> um you know it's it's been great. People have sent some work at, um for me as an audio engineer, like I tune the vocals or mix the song kind of thing. Um Tyler has been less fortunate. He was able to do that video, which was great, but um, it's hard to stay prolific as a video director. You need a crew, right? You, you generally, we were operate. We don't do a lot of like run and gun guy with a camera stuff. And I know a lot of guys that do that and they do, uh, some of them do like amazing work. Some are great and that's cool. And it, especially with the hip hop scene, like you you're just like, Hey, show up. We're going to show up on the Boston bridge and you're just going to shoot me walking around and we're just going to wing it. It's going to be cool. Right. That's great. We don't really do any of that. All of our stuff is super planned out, very focused, very high production. Uh, it's, it's rare for us to pull a video off without four people minimum. Most of them have more. The Jay Zach shoot had 12 people on set. So it was kind of a big deal. Um, and, and we like it that way. You know, I, we really want to challenge ourselves to make cinematics that are like movie worthy. I want a jib that has like a crane with a camera on it. So someone's got to move the jib and someone's got to remote op the camera. And then another person has to focus the camera because it's up on this crane. And then you have to have a director that's looking at the wireless monitor telling you where to go. And you have actors, producers, there's, there's a, a endless list, you know, like of what goes into these big productions. You look at like TV shows that are like a thousand times bigger productions than ours. And they just have endless lists right. of, of crew. So we average like usually around five, six people for a video uh, coming, you know, some more, some less, but uh, that means that Tyler has been a little less busy than I have. Right. Uh, <laughs> the thing is too, you just in this field, you gotta, you, you're working with musicians, you're working with people. It's like not a lot of what I do. Well, actually a lot of what I do is like being alone in a, in a dark room. But all of these things are post work and they're all just doing work for something that involves working directly in person with people. Right. So it's, yeah, it's been interesting. You know, I, uh, we've all been doing what we can to, to stay going. Uh, uh, Kyle's been doing photo edits and, and Tyler's been learning and just prepping and scheming. And I've been doing mixes and it, it's just, it's been a bummer. Cause like, you know, we're just, the studio is empty. Joe goes and live streams in, in the studio twice a week. And uh, I'm just like, oh, I wish I was there. Right. <laughs> uh, it's like heartbreaking because, yeah. dude, you guys, like, you really do sound like you have that super tight sense of community where it's like, 
oh yeah, even though like you're doing work right now, it's like, oh, look at he's at the space and I'm not at the space and that makes me sad. And that's kind of the vibe that, that happens a lot is like, it's been a bit of an open door. A lot of our friends will come and go as they please and, and uh, just hang out. So if I'm like editing drums or something, like people will come and hang out and, you know, we'll just, I'll have like a, you know, a, a back of the mind conversation where they're behind the couch, just chattering or doing their thing. And it, it's, it's awesome. You know, it's, it, it's just having people around. We're, we're all social people and uh, it's, it's a, definitely a hub and I, I really like to see manchester get this kind of thing and it's been really cool to watch this kind of develop into a, a kind of a musical hub because uh i've always felt like manchester needed it more needs of that it, dude. You know, I, it it needs dude. It. manchester has so many different hubs for so many different things and industries too that it's kind of surprising that it's not like way bigger on that end and it's there and it's just been laying around because there's been so many like bigger like venues that a lot of people were going to went out that like all the people were are they're there dude like all the people there's a lot of amazing people and artists in manchester they're all there it's just like there's it's been slow to regrow some places where they can go hang out so that's why that's awesome that you can provide a place like that that's so open door because they're they're there just like concord i'm seeing so much more movement there than i used to back in the day where like i could never find a place to play at now i've got like 10 you know yeah it's nice to see um and it's definitely like you know i i grew up when i was a teenager i was like really in the metal scene in the heavy music scene and i used to frequent all the 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 venues in manchester there and uh, a lot of those kind of stopped being a thing and the scene kind of changed i want to say um, and I really respect dudes like Joe Sambo who have been like, um, you know, he doesn't play metal, but he was just like, you know, have a place to play. Fuck it. Whatever. Like, we're just going to figure it out. He's, he's just a dude that just goes with the flow and has become so successful in my mind as a local musician to just, he's just starting to say, like, all right, well, I'm just going to gig. And now he's gigging for a living. And, uh, you know, he, he does a ton of work in Key West which is rad. Tyler went down with them uh, a couple months ago to, to Key West uh, along with Tony. And we went a year ago, last spring, we all went together to Key West and just fucking hung out. Joe played shows. and I said, Joe, Joe got an opportunity to get, a, to get housed down there for, through his music. They found his music and they're like, we love you. Come down to Key West. Like, wow, okay, that's sweet. I said, Joe, if you can get us down to Key West, we will do a music video for you. Please let us film you in front of palm trees. Like I'm tired <laughs> of trying to film you in Especially front of the Merrimack vibe. River. Yeah, exactly. And he just like literally he put out. So we did this. His most uh, popular video so far has been the song "How We Do," in which he plays this summertime reggae. But he, we filmed it in a blizzard, and he was wearing his bathing suit and like trunks and had like a surfboard he just walked around the snow-covered streets of manchester no in the middle of a blizzard super cool video he's like boogie boarding down a huge friggin' hill of snow like some huge pile in, in a parking lot covered in snow he was miserable oh obviously. yeah dude like, yeah but i saw that video, video man. Like, holy shit pain, bro yeah, let's get in the car real quick while we have to change the SD card, you know. Oh. <laughs> um, Poor bastard, so, dude. Uh, that New England uh, blood yeah, made him survive, seriously. dude. So he, he took this video and he pushed it to just all sorts of reggae hubs, Key West being one of them. And it, it picked up in all of them. And, and specifically in Key West, um, they were like, my, my family has a business down here. We've got a place for you to crash. Come down. So we did. And 
it was ridiculous going to Key West and basically being a local and not being some schmoozy tourist walking around Margaritaville. Right. <laughs> They're like, don't go there. Don't go there. Come in there. Like, that's the place. Um, so it's been this extraordinary experience. Uh, we filmed another music video down there with him. Um, he's been back a number of times ever since and has this huge following. He's walking down the streets in Key West and people are leaning over balconies and just shouting, Joe Sambo. It's like, dude, dude's a local celebrity on the northernmost port of the U.S. and the southernmost point. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. It's, it's, it's radical. So, and, and then, so last time he went, he came back and he sold out, um, which, which venue was it? I don't want to, there's, there's uh Wally's it's Wally's on in Hampton? Hampton beach. That's like, it a, has like a full line array, room. even though they're like a small so, pub, they have like the dopest line array. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they have a six stage, sick lighting and yeah. uh, way too many Jack, Jack Daniels, like Gibson guitars hanging on the wall. It's like a biker bar aesthetic, <laughs> but that Hampton have, vibe, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but he sold it out. It's like, all right, bro, where did that come from? You know, he's got a fan club. It's, uh, it's wild. And, and through Joe and with Joe, we've been able to like grow Manchester's community, get a lot more musicians hubbing over to Manchester. I mean, all these bands that are in the South shore are driving right through Boston and driving another hour and coming up to us and just, we love it. I love that. Love dude. It. They're great. Now, dude, I wanted to ask like with all of the, like the diversity and kind of the hub kind of coming up a little bit, do you notice anything outside of the music realm, like of artists kind of contacting you people who like, I don't know, actors who want videos or like, I think in, in my, uh, in my scenario, I'm a voice actor. I, I know voice actors and like, I would look for places like third party places to just get recording done. Do you have anybody doing like different work other than just the music? We get hit up for a lot of stuff and some of it is kind of uh, out of the box. And especially through the music videos, we meet all sorts of stuff. Like we've, we've got this Rolodex basically in, you know, so to speak of like actors that we've met who are just interested in doing stuff um i haven't met many voice actors that's cool though I, i'll keep that in mind oh dude add me to the list man anytime, I, I think voiceover work is super promo, cool bro i got you all right in the <laughs> world <laughs> yes um that's fire yeah um i i actually would love to break into the the like just voiceover work because it's uh it's relatively easy to do and super fun and it's it's Dude, know, right. pretty pretty cool paying gig you know so it's a blast too and like when i first started getting into it like you because like when i got into it it's because like dude i want to do character work i want to do video game work i want to do animation work i, I want to do that kind of stuff but you know people don't realize this like yeah voice acting has a lot to do with so much other stuff like you listen to audiobooks and you listen to catalogs right. on yes uh, uh on online and whatnot and then you listen to just all sorts of stuff, modules at the corporate learning places. And you're just like, oh yeah, there's like so many of that, especially like in Manchester, which is like such a bustling place in terms of, uh, in terms yep. of business. It's just like, oh yeah, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I wouldn't even really think of. Or I, I just think of like how social media and how the new media has changed so much too, where like, you can like, oh, dude, people are famous on TikTok and stuff. So I can only yeah. imagine like where we're going to get to with like who really needs to come in into like the recording spaces soon too. Like, do you even have like, do you have like podcaster people like hitting you up too to do stuff too? 
We've had a lot of people hit us up for that. Um, it's not something that we do a lot, mainly because selfishly I want to use my space for, yeah, my, for, own, sure. for my own projects. And, yeah. and unfortunately, it's just like, who's, who's going to pay a, a professional studio yeah. an hourly rate to do a podcast? Right. Um, but we've done some vo- – and it's funny that you say like it's, it's like TikTok stars. So we actually uh, – we did some voiceover work for this, the band I Prevail. Um, oh hell yeah Grammy. dude yeah um they're incredible dudes we've uh tyler and i have um basically been assistant directors on a number of project two shoots um so a lot of the joiner lucas stuff a lot of the token stuff some of the i prevail stuff um and we got to meet, meet those guys so they did, came and did some voiceover work and this guy dax who if you look him up was like this crazy famous vine star uh, he's this British guy, uh, had a bunch of funny vines. And so they, they flew him out. They were big fans. And he, I don't know who reached out to who, but they, Dax was like, I want to be in one of your videos. And they're like, fuck yeah. They flew him out from the UK. Um, and <laughs> this, so he's like this hilarious vine star. And now he's the star of this I prevail heavy ass. <laughs> they did it for the, 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 the song gasoline, which is like their heaviest song. Dude, super and, heavy. <laughs> so random. Dude. And he's like, this kid who's like beat on by his dad his whole life. It's like this very serious, like, and at the end, like he like rage quits the mosh pit and like, you know, basically evolves to his, his better self there. But uh cool video. And uh, just to walk into the studio and just like, I prevails all sitting around just like on their phones, like listening to this, to Dax, this other famous celebrity. Right. I'm like, um, what's up guys? What's, you know, it's, it's like, this, this is kind of cool. a big deal. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, <laughs> especially for like this Manchester hub and it's it's very wild to have these really big bands and artists come through even through Project 2 like just come up to Manchester right. of all places right. you know, well, like, Manchester New Hampshire dude they, like- they flew from LA to Manchester to do a music video like that's the most <laughs> dude we're living in a hell of a time dude what a time to be alive Manch Vegas dude it's dude, wild Manch Vegas is gonna be on the map bro let's go it's cool because uh, I think Manchester is just big enough to have access to a lot of a lot of resources that help with that, and uh, and also a lot of accommodation like restaurant, dining, hotels, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also small enough and and just outside the big hubs enough to be like super affordable and cool. for companies like us to like to just have our headquarters right. and house our shit. Because I, dude, I can't find. 2000 square foot of 15 foot high ceiling exposed brick mill space in Boston. Unless you want to pay an three times what I'm paying. Not a chance. It's like, what the hell? And, and take, take that even further away. If you put in the fact that I need to be able to play drums and have a drummer slam on it and not piss anyone off, you know? So what was like, what was that like in choosing the space? Like, cause that, that is something that I see getting in the way of when you're choosing a recording space all the time is like, I've gone to studios where, you can't track until after six or something, or you can't like, like there's all sorts of things to like finding the space to be able to accommodate the weird shit that happens. And, and dude, like you and like, you know, like at 3am what it's like, there's just stuff that happens in a studio that <laughs> it's just a different way yep. that other people around it know in life. Like I, I've, I've, I've worked with artists and if you're out there, love you, Nick, but I've worked with artists that are just standing in my backyard well, before I get home, right, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and I'm just like, what's up, man? He's like, 
I'm, I'm out here, you know, getting prepped for it. Or like, I do weird shit too. When I'm about to record, like I, I'll like, I have to write down the lyrics or like, I don't know, weird breathing shit or like you, everyone has their yeah. own like thing. Like what, what was that like when you're trying to like, did that space already have it set to be okay with stuff like that? Or do you have to work around things to like work in that way? There are some compromises uh, we had to make. Um, so we do have a schedule that we avoid playing drums and it's not like super, super restrictive. It's just that there's a business that is on the floor beneath us and sure. it's habitat for humanity. And we just try to be considerate because oh, yeah. uh, a few times, a few times they came up, knocked on the door and they're like, dude, that is so fucking loud right downstairs. <laughs> like we're trying so, to save so the planet in a more green way. Yeah, it's just so uh, we we avoid playing the drums. That's it. Um, when they're in business and they're open, like they're only open certain days a week. Yeah. Um, so it's not that bad. We can play any time at night. Um, and there's just a few days a week that we can't play during the day. It hasn't been. I thought it would be a bigger deal than it is. Um, because I just don't schedule drums on those. You just, days. Swip, just switch other, out what sessions do and other stuff shit. you're doing. Yeah. Some. Yeah, sometimes it's a bummer because it's like, you know, some Saturdays we can't play to like four. Um, and that's only a bummer in my personal life because uh, I want to fucking jam with my own drummer in my own band right. uh, in, in the time that I have. But it's cool, man. Like <laughs> set up drums in the control room and it's fine um, instead of the live room. And we just like do weird shit. Um, but otherwise, like it's been pretty great. We have the live room and it's not super restrictive. Um, and thankfully Good. we we have a lot of space. So if you got to like, if you got to like go and go do a bunch of weird mouth noises to get ready, like you can go in the ISO booth. We have a, we have a lounge out back. That's a cool place to just go and like hit an acoustic guitar and just do some humming along and just, um, it's like a lounge slash, um, there's a desk with a computer. So it's like, you can do a lot of demoing and writing back there. It's, it's cool. There sometimes there's a kit set up back there, which is nice. You can just go like slam a kit without pissing anyone nice. off. If I'm like, if I'm like mixing in the control room and he starts hitting a drum set in the live room, I'm going to be like, shut the fuck Please up. Please don't do that. <laughs> you know, $10,000 of soundproofing isn't going to stop me from hearing you play the drums. <laughs> That's like, fucking a right, dude. <laughs> um, so it is funny, like, it, you know, it doesn't matter. We put a bunch of sand in the floors. That's another question for the Home mm. Depot guys. We're like, hey, how much sand can this floor hold? And they're like, excuse me, what? <laughs> oh, I want to put a bunch of sand in the floor. I've never heard yeah, that exactly. one. Yeah, exactly. I've never heard that one. So do you have like suspended flooring and inside it is sand? So we raised the floors and then inside the raised floor is a bunch of sand. We have actually uh, 1,700 pounds of sand in the floors. Interesting. Which so- sounds like a lot more sand than you'd think. It's like one of those things. It's like sand is heavier dollars. than you think it is. You never thought that would, what does $10,000 look like? Well, it's like, looks like this. <laughs> but sand's Wait, really sand, heavy. Dude, I feel um, like you should have an island. Well, we got this idea from the Halo studio up in Portland. Uh, amazing studio. Um, it's like it's like a millions of dollar studios, and it's in, every time I go there, I work with Kevin their stuff Lindsay. is killer. Yeah, um, it just like he just touches the knobs, and all of a sudden I'm like, "Yep, don't I don't even I don't want you to do anymore. It's all perfect." <laughs> it all sounds, but but what they did is they in the walls. The walls are crazy. I've never been in a studio as isolated as theirs. I'm watching a drummer play through the window. I can't hear anything. I can't hear anything. Oh my God, dude. It's absolutely nuts. And I was like, well, how did you do that? And he's like, the walls are stuffed edge to edge with sand. Oh my God, <laughs> like, dude. 
and the, I mean, they. I think the facility right alone was over a million dollars. So it's like, I mean, fuck yeah, I didn't have a million dollars to put into my walls. Yeah, yeah but. I mean, very cool place, super high quality. My band Paper Monsters just put out a track a couple weeks ago um, that we recorded there, actually. Um, and it just like, it sounds like WAF fucking radio ready mix is awesome. Like, you know, the 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 biggest difference I think I've noticed between like these guys that have a, a, just a ton of money and gear is, is just the amount of time that they have to put into it. Like I, I, versus what i have to work with um i mean i'm very proud of the gear we have but i I don't have a million bucks yeah so i just it's just extra time that i got to put in in post and just and and just diligently work until it's right it's like i don't know every move i'm going to make but i know when it's not there and that's what all of our attitudes are that's why our video is so good it's why the audio is so good i mean like the first time we did a video we weren't supposed to tyler and i did a country a a a cover of kendrick lamar's humble it's like as a joke for fun. <clears throat> and then we like had a friend of ours come and film it, us doing it. But then last second he bailed. He's like, something came up and he had to go. And so we're sitting there like lights are up and everything's set up, but we don't have a guy with a camera. So I look at Kyle and this is like this. We had just started building walls in the place. I was like, Kyle, your camera does video, right? He's like, yeah, I mean, yep, it does. <laughs> Never used it. <laughs> so like, okay, well, Fuck yeah. And he's the thing is he's a legendary photographer. His stuff looks ridiculous. So it's like, look, not you don't need to know videography as much as you need to know lighting and exposure and and what a white balance is. Mm. You need to know all these basic things. Those translate from photo to video. Right. It's a ton of other shit we learned in video land, but the but straight up, if you don't know how to light a scene, doesn't matter how expensive of a camera you got, it's gonna sound like trash. You know, there's gonna look like trash. So. Mm-hmm. Um, having Kyle and just immediately our videos looked amazing as like, Oh fuck. Yeah. So then we can start diving into the cinematic stuff. Like, okay, what, what, what's a parallax zoom? What is that? And why do we do it? And, and, and start getting really creative without immediately having to spend five years, figure out how to make shit not look like it's the fucking news. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? That stark, (laughs) horrible look. It's like, no, I want it to look like a movie. I want it to look super cinematic and, Lighting is like a huge part of it and some other real basic stuff is, is just such a huge part of it. And it's just like audio engineering. You got to know like five things, very basic things. And if you know those things really well, you're going to have great sounding recordings, but it doesn't matter how nice your shit is. If you don't know those five things, you're just going to suck. Right. Dude, we've talked about um, so much about this with like gear obsession. And it's just like, yeah, if you don't have any like technical skills or like, talent that like backs all that up and kind of forms that that base then you just you're not really doing too much of anything yep right don't get me wrong dude like i can definitely be the guy to ruin a fucking christmas party by talking about like a nice api compressor or something like that but it's just not you can't just like buy your your production if it like garbage in is garbage out like if you're not if you're not putting in good work and good talent and good song then doesn't really matter what you bought, right? Yep, exactly. We found that out right away. It's just like, hey, um, guess what? This drum set is 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 tuned perfectly. It's a you know, it's a super expensive DW. All the cymbals are wicked nice. All the microphones are wicked nice. You sat down, and you sounded like crap. 
And then someone else sat down right after you and it sounded amazing. Right. <laughs> and it didn't change anything. It didn't change anything at all. And it's like, you know, I, I could be record. I'd rather record a, an amazing drummer on my cell phone than a crappy drummer on all of the gear in the world. It's just the way it works. Wow. I agree with that. For I definitely sure. agree with that. Uh, I mean, I did just get my first actual API preamp. That's cool. Hell yeah. I've used it exactly once before I had to quarantine myself. Oh, so at least you get to break her in, huh? Yeah, yeah, I broke her in, and uh, I haven't even, like, had a chance to, like, learn that switch. the Sonic carry. I was just, yeah. You turned that switch like, on oh, on the man. API, and that let out the virus. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Goddamn, man. I mean, we, <laughs> we've been working the place is very much fueled by vibe. And if you go in there, you'll notice that all the brick is lit from the bottom with like colored lights. All the lighting is very ambient. Everything has, every single light has a dimmer switch somewhere because we want to really focus on making it comfortable and making it enjoyable to be there. And it's just like most people that come in, like 99% of them are just musicians. Like I'm just a guitarist. I just show up. I don't know you don't have an API. I don't know what they, that means. They have no idea. I don't, they don't care. All I know is that I feel cool being here. It makes me play good, just being in the vibe. And uh, whatever, whatever's coming to the speaker sounds rad. So here you go. So, you know, we spent a long time just running on really like cheap personas preamps and then one solid Neve pre and just uh, just one. That's the vocal one. Don't, you know, and everything else just goes the other way. And, you have to, like I said, I spent a lot of time learning how to mix really ag- aggressively, but it's like, it, it started from one end and we've been working our way up and it's, it's been dope. Um, looks like there's a few people on this Instagram. Um, it's kind of cool. Jesse joined. It's my buddy, Jesse, a client of ours. He's a, a really sick looper, a looper guitarist. Um, What's up, Jesse? He's done a, a number of videos with us where he like, he plays, he does, he gigs for a living love that um and uh he just loops he plays guitar so he played like sweet dreams sweet dreams made but he like looped it and he like played it on the guitar and just has all the instruments and it's cool and then jill mccracken joined i uh i met jill uh she's a fantastic singer for the jill mccracken band or whatever um uh, <laughs> and i did a so far sound show and do you guys know so far sounds no nope so far, Sounds is this huge organization. There's one in every major city. And what they do is they get artists that sound good and they put them in cool places like living rooms and like and just weird places, not venues. And they do this thing that's five bucks, I think. And uh, people sign up to go to these shows and sit in someone's living room and you just play stripped down music however, however you want. Whoa. You just can't. There's just no PA system. But the thing is the people don't know who they're going to see. That's so, so sick. That's the whole. That, that's such a. That's sick the whole premise. shtick. So, I saw. I got like a. I got hit up. I forget how to play one of these, and so my my drummer Dylan and I we show up. He play, he brings brushes. He brings like a stripped down kit. And I just play acoustic and I sing over him. We're in this guy's living room. It's just like forty five people, and none of them know who we are, but they're all there for on some Tuesday night to see music. That's you're not playing to a bar where no one's there or like half the people are there to see the band right before you. And they're going to leave before you play kind of thing. It's like, yo, these people are literally genuinely interested in hearing new music. That's amazing. Having a show for them. That's amazing. And so there's one in every city. They pay you. 
you know, it's just like, I, I don't know what it's like a hundred bucks. It's not much, but it's like, fuck yeah. I mean, it, if you're a local band it's playing a lot of these bar games, like sometimes a hundred bucks. Yeah. Sometimes a hundred bucks to not, to not even worry about the crowd. You're just going to show up with your shit and be like, there's going to be a built-in crowd for and you. You don't even have to bring the and, equipment uh, in, dude. You don't have your friggin' stack. Yeah. You're just going in doing probably, you'd probably be hanging out on your couch on a Tuesday playing acoustic anyway. It, now you're on someone cool. else's and couch. Like, the crowd, there's no, like they, they have like a anti cell phone thing where they just like kind of give you shit if you have your cell phone out. So they like really want you to be engaged. So people sitting there, they bring their own drinks. If that, if that particular venue lets them, so they're not bars, you know, it's just like some, so if the guy who yeah. owns the living room is like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Um, but then you're like, Hey, clap along. They're all clapping. If you're like, Hey, sing along. They're all singing. They're all totally engaged, totally present and having a blast. And I, uh, I did another one that was in this wicked cool, uh, bicycle shop in Boston. So like it was on, uh, it was on like one of the main streets, like, uh, Commonwealth or something, but like basically this huge glass wall and hanging from the wall are just like hundreds of bicycles. And it's just this huge room that they just moved all the bicycles out of the center and everyone just sat. There was like 70 people at this one and I'm just like singing along and having a good time. There's drum set. There's like people, people bringing their shit and there's, there's always three artists and uh, it's a great time. I met this, this chick Jill who was on the Instagram live um, from that. She has a great band that, that everyone should check out. Um, Dude, what so cool, far sounds what a check cool, it out what a yeah. cool thing man it's in every city pretty much um, so far sounds you know, london and yeah so far sounds and they have some really cool places like they do they've done some in like art museums um you know like it, it's just they just look for That's rad awesome, places dude. to just like yeah and and so it's a good time uh it's an organization i i very much back and had a great time as a musician showing up and having like a very engaged present crowd is, is like a challenge sometimes. And a lot of times when you're working with local venues, they're like, they're like, well, what's your draw? And I'm like, well, I've never played this. Well, I have to play to get a draw. It's chicken or the egg, dude. It's like you, you you want to support the venue because you can't have the venue unless you have people coming out, but you can't build a draw there. If you don't, if the venue doesn't let you play even to open up or do anything. Right. So it's like chicken or egg. I live two and a half hours from here. So it's like my draw. Um, I think my cousin might come. She lives 40 (laughs) minutes from here. (laughs) Right. My God. Yeah. We had a episode where we got, um, the saxophonist from Pink Floyd, Scott page on, and he has like this expo in LA called the think XP where they have these domes and it's like a 3d, like every, everything for him is experience. Think, experience like everything is experience for him and we talked a lot about how like today like doing shows as a local artist or like putting out content and doing things like as a thing for people to go to is an experience first and that's what people really care about to get them out of their door that being in a living room is an experience the same way that going into like a speakeasy or something is an experience speakeasy is a bar with nice with really good drinks right but it's the theme and like yeah. the 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 mystery behind getting into that that makes it appealing. Just the way that sitting on a couch and going to like a house show, like house shows have happened forever. The mystique of that is just that you get to go into work on Monday and say, "What did you do?" Well, I I went with like fifty other people in some random dude's living room, and I saw like these three artists. artists that were sick. Yeah. It's just an experience was, and people are crazy. like, like that's what people are coming out to right now. It's amazing to see that yeah. happening, dude. What? 
it shows I was talking to my mom about, a, you know, recycled percussion. This, this like, they, they came from my hometown, Gosstown, and they just, they ended up on America's Got Talent, and they just bang on trash cans made out of garbage They've cans. raised like, so much just, money, dude, and they're so fucking good. They're, they're really good, really talented dudes, and they're very famous and very rich now from the, like, they won America's good. Got Talent, had a Las Vegas show. Whoa. Um, but my mom was like, my mom was like talking to my dad about it. And my dad's like, well, what do they do? They play music. And she's like, no, I mean, yes, but no, they, they, they're entertainers. They're not musicians or entertainers. Like they're both, but like, yeah, exactly. That's I said the same thing. I was like, like Blue Angry, man. They, they don't have songs, but they, they have a thing. It's an, it's, it's a, it's a show. So that's really the thing. Uh, I back it. The first one I played in the guy's living room, it was my band. It was a cellist from New York. Like he just sat down. He's like, I'm going to do a bunch of like really fucking cinematic cello soundscapes. And he just mm. like by so he played 25 minutes of like, and like, like horror movie sounds. Like he would just do all sorts of crazy sounds. And it was like meditating. You weren't even like, there wasn't even a song, you know, by the end of it, my oh. eyes would just close. I'm like, oh, I man, it's it. very cool. Oh, my God. And then there's another the guy vibe. playing like a uke from Toronto or something. So it's like, they, it, it's it's just cool. And and I ran into a dude I know. I was like, what are you doing here, Steve? He's, Steve's like, oh, I go to so far sounds shows now and then. It's that nice to see you here. You play? I'm like, yeah, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> very cool. Or community. Um, I backed that and anything like that. It's the whole performer aesthetic. Damn, man. Right on. Well, we have like five questions, Matt, because I don't want to take up too much of your night. I know we just went over oh, an sure. hour. Yeah. We have like five questions that we ask at the end and we try like, like don't overthink them. Like whatever comes to top of mind, don't, don't, uh, you know, don't, don't freak out. a lot of overthinkers for just easy questions. Sure. What what made it so that what you're doing right now, this is a thing that you feel like you you have to do? Like, why is this worth, you know, seven months of building something, you know, from scratch? Why is this the thing that you need to wake up and do every day? Oh, well, that's a that's a great question. You know, I, I spent years being in a band. I, like I said, I made good money in IT, but I just found myself... I had a career, I had a, a, a college degree, I was making use of it, but I'm just working 40, 50 hours just to take my paycheck. And I would throw basically my whole paycheck at just like my band and my career pursuits for music. And uh, I knew that maybe being like a famous rock star was going to be a bit of a tough sell. And that's like not the easiest uh, one to get, but I, I just knew that I wanted to do something in music and that I wasn't feeling fulfilled and I didn't know what it was going to be. You know, I thought maybe I'd, I ended up touring in some way, either as the band or as, as some sort of a part of a tour crew or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I, uh, once I saw the opportunity, I just went for it. Um, the biggest thing that made it happen was my two partners, Tyler and Kyle, um, their drive, um, is, the biggest part of it. And I, if I was just, if I had stumbled upon that space by myself and just been given the keys to that on my own, it wouldn't be anything. It would still just be an empty mill building. It might be less dirty, but it would just, it would just be what I was doing. I would just be doing demos and writing my own shit and just like doing pre-production for bands. 
um, instead of having like a full recording studio with, with that, that we built up, like the, the whole drive of it happened with us coming together, especially with Tyler. Tyler always had aspirations to open a recording studio, which is ironic because now I'm the sound engineer and he's the the video director. <laughs> but but he was the one that was just like, dude, we gotta like we gotta do it. And every time it was like it came time to like, okay, we're gonna snake some connections in or we're gonna we're gonna build this or we're gonna connect that. He was the one that was just like, okay, well, let's sit down, let's open Google, let's spend three hours learning everything we need to do and let's do it fucking right. Like let's Let's do it. Even if it's hard and I, there's a lot of things you don't understand at first. You're like, I don't know anything about this, dude. I've never built this. Yeah. I've never created that. I've never recorded that. I don't know how any of this works. Well, I don't know. I didn't know what phase was when I fucking started this. I wasn't an engineer, but I decided to be. And so we just pushed each other and uh, the three of us all pushed each other to just be great. And we called each other. I'm just like, Hey, I think that we could do even better with this. And, uh, Without those two other guys, I would not be. I'd be sitting in a big empty room, just like playing the drums by myself. <laughs> wow. Okay, man. That's a good answer. That's a hard question. A good answer. Oh fuck yeah! So, what would you say? Like, say you could take the lesson that you learned from it and just like pop it into someone's head. Like they they took your experience and they could just take the lesson from it but didn't have to do the thing what would you say like your your like the worst bump in the road or the thing that you you know wish that you would learn from it but not done basically like biggest mistake along the way you see five years ago you and you're like hey definitely learn this thing but don't do this thing that sucked ass that's a hard question there's there's a lot of it depends what you're what you're asking about um you know there's a lot of lessons that I've learned and my team has learned, uh, through this, um, you know, there's, there's like, there's a few lessons I've learned in friendship and like this whole thing that happens when you start something really serious with, with people that you're, you're really close to. Yeah. Um, you can run into these situations where it's like, yo, this is a labor of love and this is a creative passion and we're all very passionate about it. The problem happens. Well, what happens if all three of us very passionately feel different ways about like really specific things. Like, mm. so early on we would run into these things where we get into these like big fights over like, like a video. It's like, Oh, I don't think it should look like that. I think that part should, I think what you did with that sucks. And I think that we need to do it this other way or it's like, Oh, and it's sometimes it's even tiny little things, but like, it's just when you bump heads with someone that you really care about um, over and over again. And you start to like, struggle with that because if if it's like if it's someone you don't know it's just like a business partner of yours you'd be like fuck you like nah if it's straight but if up it's business. like someone you love you know it's just someone you care about and it's just like i don't want to say fuck you i want to like try to consider this and um so i i'd say one one thing i learned real big is just like and we've overcome these things these are these are just lessons learned um but don't expect no friction to come with this you guys gotta we have to be level-headed and uh and you just got to know that at the end of the day like if you're really up against each other on something it's most likely not worth it you know <laughs> it's like most likely the client will never even notice the difference between the both of your thoughts and uh and so we have a kind of adopted this this policy of of the laundry shoot like you do as much as you can and we have pretty clear roles now where it's just like 
um, you know, it was, it was the three of us cooking, three of us being chefs for a long time right? and uh, just kind of developing what we're doing because we're so new at it and uh, we're all really good and all of us have really great vision and are really great at what we do. But at a certain point when you're talking about like a video or something, it has to be someone's call and someone has to be like, yeah. okay, I've heard you, you've made yourself clear, but I disagree. I'm sorry, but we're going to move on. So that's something that we did is we put in kind of like roles and uh, we've gotten really good at just supporting each other. And it's just like, instead of being like, no, it's my way. I think my way is better. It's just like, well, you know what? My job isn't to impose my will. If I'm not the lead on this, then I'm going to do my best to guide whoever is the lead on it and, and do my best to make it the best that I think it can be. And if they come up and we just don't agree on something, then I it's, I've done my job and it's just like another job. Where it's like, I've I've made you aware of what I think the best route is, but ultimately it's your call. That's awesome. That actually answered a question that like I meant to ask in the podcast about working with people um, to create that space. So like you pretty much just answered that in that question too. So killer, thanks, bro. The the other hard lesson is just like it's not really a lesson. We all knew this going into it, but. Money's tight, bro. Like this ain't a lucrative career. None of us are doing it because you know, because of the millions that we thought we would make. Um, so for especially Tyler and myself, uh, we made a lot of sacrifices to make this our career. And uh and we've like really downsized our lives to make this happen. You know, bar we don't frequent bars, we don't we don't like we we skimped on rent for so long, we we drove beater like on fire vehicles for a long time still still are and uh so just don't expect a life of luxury especially when you're in a, a career where like a camera costs forty thousand dollars or like a fucking interface costs a thousand dollars per channel for for some sort of pre yeah. and and that's not even like a good one you know it's like oh this microphone's five hundred dollars and my girlfriend's like five hundred dollars yeah and i'm just like it's not even a good one. It's not even a real, it's not even a good one, dude. It's like, it's barely, it's just barely not a shitty one. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. So flip side of that, even though like you were positive in that answer anyway, but like, what's like one of the best ideas you guys had along the way? Like anything stick out? Oh man, it's felt like kind of a, a ride of like good idea after good idea. Sometimes it's 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 really great. Like I said, I really love my two partners. Um, we work super well together, and we've attracted a lot of other associates that come and help us out as well. And we really uh, have found a stride in working with each other's strengths and 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 weaknesses as well. And just knowing, like, okay, you're really rigid, but you like know the right way. You're super creative, but maybe like we will don't are a little looser about the way to, you know, so we, we mm. come together really well and the best ideas we've had. Uh, I think they're still to come. You know, I, I, we, I love the whole live session Monday thing. Um, it's been a blast and, um, yeah, I can't, I couldn't narrow it down to any specific ideas. I feel like, what we are is like an idea factory, especially in video land. It's just like Tyler and Kyle and I will get together and we'll just start brainstorming. We'll just have like a, a tiny nugget of an idea. And then we'll be like, Oh wow, that inspires this whole other train of thought. And I, I'm going to riff on that. And that's going to inspire you. And you're going to, and by the end of it, we have this list of just like, we have a shot list. We have locations planned. We have everything like that we want. And it's cause it's a lot of work, like making these, 
videos come together and it's it's a real collaborative effort. Right. So it's it's just like sometimes an artist is just like, well, what kind of ideas do you have laying around? I'm like, well, first of all, a, a billion ideas. Um, but most of all, that's not really how it works. You know, I have like a ton of ideas written down for like, oh, that'd be a cool video. Oh, that'd be a sweet video. But it's like, in in the end, we really have to look to the beginning and it's all about the music for all of us. And that really hits home with a lot of our favorite videos that we found. And, uh, and we've really realized that like, it's about the music. So I, we're going to develop a video that works for your song. It's not, you can't just be like, Oh, like pitch me a cool idea. I'm like, show me the song and I'll tell you what kind of vibe that's going to do. And what kind of like, and I found like, there's a lot of companies that do really, really good video, but where I find that I think we have kind of done things a little differently than some of them is really integrating music into it and being musicians. It's helpful. It's just like, I've done music videos that I thought looked amazing, but it's like when it comes to the pacing of the video, it doesn't really like punch. It doesn't excite. It doesn't like work with the song, but it's like, go dude, if you have this huge bridge and the bridge sounds completely different, it's like this whole dropout moment, you need to visually like represent yeah. that. You need to make this whole scene needs to happen when that happens. And, and, and instead of being like, wouldn't it be cool if you were like in this car with the top down, we think about it the other way and we just close your eyes and listen to the music and be like, yo, you hear when the music gets like really explosive, like something needs to happen there. So in that sense, like it's just a constant stream of ideas. And, uh, you know, we, we have, we love pitching wild ideas to people. We're just like, show us a song and give us fucking 25 minutes. All right. So we're going to buy a car and then destroy it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How's that feel? Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's like wicked cool ideas that it's just like, okay, well, that didn't work out or the client went with a different song or whatever. And it's like, well, all right, put that idea in the back pocket. But you also know that it's like, well, this has to be like basically the perfect song to match that idea. Welcome along. So two more questions for you, Matt, and then I'll let you go, man. Um, Sure. What's like a a resource that you'd recommend for our audience? So like we're a big, big old mix of like creative, creative entrepreneurs, artists, and I don't know, people in all sorts of backgrounds here, but it can be specific to audio. It can be, you know, to any of those things at whatever, like a book, a video, a podcast, like what's a resource that, you know, made a big difference for you that you, you would, you would share with them. Well, I've got a, a bunch of a uh, a bunch of stuff on that subject. It's it really depends what you're looking for. Like I said, this whole facility came together because uh, of our drive to learn. And Tyler's especially pushed us to like be like, well, instead of fucking like being confused, like spend 20 minutes looking it up and like seriously watch a 20 minute video before you and or just read some articles and. And so it's like when we're like, I, I, at the, at the beginning of this, I would find myself like, just like getting frustrated with something be like, ah, this fucking thing sucks, man. I can't figure it out this, this thing blows. And it's, he's just like, you're just mad because you, you're confused. And if you just would spend the time to learn about it, you would be like, okay, well it was designed with this in mind mm. and you would understand. Um, so when it comes to resources, learning is, is the biggest thing for anybody in this creative industry. It doesn't matter if you're doing audio engineering or video or whatever you're trying to do, like you should, you should be very motivated to go online and, and just 
dig in and just like, don't be afraid to have some late nights, like endless late nights of never ending learning. That's what this is. It's like video doesn't stop. Audio doesn't stop. I could spend a lifetime and still learn. And so for me being more oriented on the, on the audio side, I, uh, I just, I have a lot of interest in different things. I read tons of forums and I, I watch tutorials constantly and uh, I also like the podcast, um, the URM podcast, the ultimate recording machine. Um, that's a cool one. That's less like nerdy engineering and, and more like just interviews with famous producers. Yeah. And it, like they're hit or miss for me. I, I find certain, certain like Tom Lord algae. That was an amazing podcast. He's such, he's just done so many mixes. Uh, and, and so there's like, you, if you look at that, they have like 400 podcasts, you'll find some producer that you love. And, uh, on the video side, it's the same thing, man. Google it, like go, watch some YouTube videos. And, and I don't mean just like one, I mean like a bunch until you understand, like really get it and, uh, and never stop. Like, but the biggest resource <clears throat> is just doing it, man. Like, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, Tyler will do it all the time. He's just like, oh, I want to like, I want, and I'll have an idea. Well, I'll just be like, okay, so imagine this, we're doing this music video and imagine a video where everything's double exposed, where it's like the band is like a silhouette and it's a white background. So you just see a silhouette on a white background, but inside of the black silhouette, there's like other stuff going on. There's mm. like flowers and like landscapes and, and, and other photos. So, going on is like that'd be so sweet and i found an article that laid out how to do it and i bookmarked it and was like cool when we have an idea that'll fit that like let's let's read this and he's like no fuck that we're doing it right now so oh. so we went through it set up the lights set up the called joe over said, joe come over here grab your guitar and just like fucking did it and uh you know and and then we learned how to do it and we immediately learned how to not do it and <laughs> how to do it right and uh you know, just did a proof of concept. Like a proof of concept is a big part of what we do. And especially in video land, you got this new ambitious idea. You got to do a proof of concept before you like try to do it with a band. Like you got to know you, you can pull it off or it, more, more so just to make sure you don't make mistakes that you're going to make the first time you do right. it. Um, so resources are endless, man, especially right now. It's like, you know, puremix.net. Uh, you want to learn how to mix, go there. Um, my, my good friend, Charlie, Ben showed me this, I forget what it's called, but it's like basically a frequency website to train your ears. I think it's literally called train your ears.com or something like that. And, uh, and it'll like play you a frequency. If you're an audio engineer and you want to learn how to get good at mixing, you got to train your ear. I mean, it, it's just like training your eye when you're doing a video. It doesn't matter how good your gear is. Like you need to train your ear to hear what that is, what it means, and what's making the difference. You know, if you if you can't identify what 1.5k sounds like, it's like you're never gonna know how to fucking make vocals do that thing that they do, or like you're never gonna learn how to scoop the mids on the guitar. So like you need to know what that is. And the the frequency training website is is sweet because you you just like it'll play a frequency and it'll make you guess what it is. And then it'll and then it'll like boost the crap out of another frequency, and it'll make you like guess what what frequency Isn't it just boosted. It'll is it just like sine waves, and it just does like the pure frequency, like at random times? No, it does like songs, like it'll do clips of stuff, and it'll just like boost five hundred uh, on some like song or whatever wow, it's playing. Holy shit! And and you, it'll like show it. Bef- it'll be like before, and then it'll boost it and be like, what just happened? Wow! And you'll be like, oh shit. And it, it's super great. It's it's developing that critical listening. It's and it's the same thing like 
in video land, man, like uh, like developing your eye for for good color. Like you think that you just jack the saturation that it's just going to look colorful and vibrant, but that's not the fucking case, man. Guess what? There's a fluorescent light over there. It's it's spewing green all over you. You're like, what's green in here? Like nothing is green in here. There's a light that kind of <laughs> looks green, and it's like it's just like the same thing in under a microscope or under under a microphone. Things can sound just as different as they are behind the lens of a camera. It's like you're you're not it's not your eye, it's not your ear. There's no microphone that's like this is your ear. It hears exactly what your ear thinks, hears, and there's no camera that sees what your eye hears. You have to learn to translate that and you need to learn to look for what they're doing and how to make that look a certain way. Damn, dude. Well, so anyone who liked any of the stuff that Matt just mentioned too. I will have those in the show notes afterwards. So don't freak out and have to try to write that down. Waking up from work.com slash show notes. And you can check those out. Um, that's cool, man. Like I, I went through some, some ear training stuff for like frequencies where like, it would just be like, it, I, it wasn't as in depth as what you were saying. So I'm definitely going to check that out where it's an actual song, but I had ones where you had to like hear the pitch or something and try to guess at, what it was and right. that, that stuff is is definitely like you want to train that will train that's yeah cool. it's invaluable shit man it's like you gotta learn you just because you like music doesn't mean you know that 10k sounds good on a snare like that's just how it works <laughs> right cool so last one's the easiest man where do people catch up with you like people want to check out what you're up to or what the studio is up to if they haven't seen it before where should they be going you can follow the studio or myself on Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is Matt Blanchett 89. It's M-A-T-T-B-L-A-N-C-H-E-T-T-8-9 because it's my fucking email address and I'm just lazy. Um, <laughs> which, <laughs> you can email me too you if go. you want, you know, but, uh, <clears throat> but you can also find Revelry Studios um, on Instagram um, or Facebook. Either way, find me, find the studio feel free to shoot me a message. I could talk to shit all day long. If, if you're an aspiring mix engineer, I'd be happy to talk to you. I'll, if you're an artist doing DIY recordings, I'll mix shit for you. I'll tell you what you're doing wrong in your mixes. I don't care. I just, I just like what I do. And that's just as much as an exercise for me to develop my skill as it would be to help you with yours. So um, anybody that's looking to get in a video, just hit, hit me up, man. Like, and if you're, and if you want, if you're listening to this and you want to be our intern on the audio side, that's tight. Um, we're looking for an intern, someone that can feel the room, not be super annoying a lot, and but also be very helpful. <laughs> nice. And know when to vibe and know when to not. Hell yeah. Anyone anyone trying to get in audio, take, take that opportunity because the internship did everything for me. Tight. Yeah, that exactly. That meant so much, it's, dude. Uh, Cool. Well, dude, thanks well, for being on the me. podcast, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Hey, my pleasure, man. Thanks for thanks for having me. This is cool. I I enjoyed this. You had a good time. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to talk talk show. I mean, I've been just I've been quarantined with my girlfriend for for a month now, and you know, I just this is definitely a great outlet for me to just go and spew nerd stuff without just making her pull her hair out. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know, it's a good outlet you know, for us each like, week too. It's just like, dude, I get to interact with other human beings. 
Yeah, I was like, what are you what are you texting about? I'm like, I don't even want to tell you because I don't feel like just like, oh, I'm t- I'm talking to this dude about this nerdy thing, and she's like, what what's that mean? I'm like, ah, don't make me. Do you that. can slowly watch <laughs> the attention like lose from her eyes. It's like, and she's yeah, gone. It's just, <laughs> well, Matt, and she'll and she'll try. She's great. She's the greatest. She'll try too much. She'll be like, well, what is that? What does that mean? I'm like, ah, I don't feel like telling you. <laughs> you 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 want to hear it now, and then I think that you will enjoy it less as i go on right right exactly props yeah. to her man props to her to being interested hell yeah dude she she tries she tries she expects the same in return so i gotta i gotta like i gotta per- perk up my my interest levels on on her work stuff and just be like oh wow crazy so man i don't know if you put it together man but i'm also the one that started that uh that little mastermind of audio engineers that i invite you into no, I didn't put that That's together. That's also me. Wow, is that uh, where was NH, that? Like I, I forget what the hell I named it. NH Audio Mastermind or something like that. Is me and Zach Zyla. So <laughs> this is actually I should have. That's a, a good point um, that you brought up that I just made me think about when it comes to resources. Um, yeah, there it is. NH Audio Business Mastermind. Yeah, I love this kind of shit, man. I very much tailor my own social feeds to what I'm interested in. So it's like, I follow a bunch of engineering groups on Facebook. I on Instagram and, and Facebook, I just follow people I think are doing cool shit, even if I've never met them. And I very much just weed people out who aren't doing it. I'm like, Hey, I went to high school with you. That's cool. And you're a buddy, but uh, sorry, I'm, I'm nuking your feed from, from my existence. Cause I, I'm just not interested in, and yeah. I just want to live and breathe the stuff. You know, if, if I don't like, if you're not posting something interesting and I don't like literally care about you as a person, you're gone. I don't care if we're like some sort of mutual, like you, uh, we can <laughs> stay in contact or whatever, but yep. I'll unfollow the shit out of you just so that I can <laughs> see one more post by some nerdy producers. Just like, well, I just got this, you know, vintage preamp that like, I want to see Tell that. Tell me more. I see Tell, people yeah. that are just, yeah. I follow videographers that I'm just like, I just want to see what you do, man. I, I want to see your work. I want to see you post about your day. And I, I'm just mad inspired by that. It, you got to work with inspiration. And I want to tailor all parts of my life to be inspired. And it's like, it's, it makes it a point where it's tough to turn off. You know, it's just like end of the day, I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to get like, I want to just keep scrolling because my Facebook's fucking interesting, dude. It's like, I want to see that dude, dude, that guy's selling a vintage telefunken. You know, the crap. What is that? (laughs) You know, or just like someone posting that, Oh, that they just did this crazy video shoot. And was like, Oh my God, how they make that shot happen. Oh, I know now because I fucking follow the guy and he posted and about dude, it. Dude, the like, best part of this mastermind group, and sorry if any of you hear this, like I value it, you in a million different ways. The best part was being able to be on an hours long Zoom call and every joke I made about audio shit was actually appreciated. Dude, it felt so good to make <laughs> those corny dad jokes about like some piece of gear or something and then not like actually like wake up and like realize the room was like you're like i got a couple of snickers fuck yeah dude <laughs> zero yeah. people like like be like dude why like what are you talking about like oh yeah i suck you know so it's nice to, <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to to see that feed of people doing the shit that you love you know that's hilarious absolutely and i i i really value it's it's i mean it's just like a common saying i don't know where it came from but it's like surround yourself 
with people that have similar goals or similar drives. And I truly believe in that. It's like, it's one of those things where I have, I have a bunch of friends and I just, I don't see the ones as much that, that just don't do what I do anymore because this is a type of career that you need to immerse yourself in. And I make sure that I carve time out for my personal stuff. Um, It's really easy to just get like totally steamroll your personal life when it comes to this. Um, So I make sure to set that aside for, for like just sanity reasons. Um, Have to, but you know, I really am fueled by the people around it. If I wasn't surrounded by people that were motivated and, and inspired like me, then I would, be not that way you know it's it's really fuel for the fire and uh and it's that's why revelry has become like this hub and that's why i love the people that have been coming around and and i just advise anyone that's aspiring to do this to just do it as much as you can and and try to i did this for a long time i do it a little less now but like Try if you're by yourself and you're just like sitting around and you're playing video games or you're watching Netflix, like it's cool for sanity reasons. You got to do that stuff, and I do that too. But you gotta put a cap on it, and you really, honestly, like imagine you were. I just watched The Pursuit of Happiness the other day, and dude is like, you know, he's working his ass off at this internship during the day. He's a kid at night. He's studying. He's homeless. Like you gotta have that drive you got to get the hustle man you, you can and if you if you want to watch some netflix play some games blow off some steam love it i do the same thing but it's like at a certain point i was like dude i should just crack my laptop open and start watching a tutorial or just reading a forum or anything and uh i know sometimes it can be hard to get motivated to do that um uh and uh, that can be hard to overcome at times as well especially like right now when i'm like back to my parents like cold basement and and I'm like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go down there. I mean, there's no windows down there. It's like, it sucks down here. But, uh, but you do it, man. Even if from your bed, that's what I I did for a long time and still love doing. Is just like, even I love sitting in my bed, putting on a little TV, something that I've seen before, and, and opening my laptop, and then basically ignoring the TV, and just like, it's just there for just so I don't feel lonely. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just. Just gotta, you gotta have the drive. And I, if you really want to do it, do it and get better and better because you'll never be good. <laughs> you'll, you'll never be good enough. You know what I mean? It's, and uh, do it as much as you can. And if you can't do it for money, do it for fucking free and just get as good as you can off of it. Fuck yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's wild. I could talk all day about it. Like, I find inspiration to be a big part of of how shit gets done and and who I am. And uh, I I find that you just gotta figure out the way to inspire yourself. Because I, when I was a little younger, I remember thinking that there's like there's like oh okay, you got one wish, you found a, a magic lamp, and I remember thinking. Well, I don't need money. I mean, I do want money. That's like my wish number two. But wish number one is like, I wish I had unlimited motivation, like on tap, just to have. Because I feel like if I if I was just motivated enough, I can do anything I want. Like I, I accomplish anything. So, and I just realized through this whole process that like inspiration is motivation. And, uh, and, and 
just to keep myself around people that are inspired project two, those dudes fucking, those dudes work all night long and then sleep till five o'clock. Now that is a little extreme. And I did that for a while. And you just got to also have a life and some structure and some organizational skill. But like, dude, if it inspires you, it can't be that bad. And so you, you just got to work with whatever inspires you, keep people around you that inspire you and just like, just do cool shit and, and keep doing it. And sometimes even this cool fucking career that I have that I love still gets like mundane. And sometimes I'm not into it. Sometimes I'm just sitting there recording someone being like, you know, I'm just not fucking feeling this today. You know, I'm just, I don't want to do this. I don't even, I don't like this song. I don't like this guy or, or I'm just in a bad mood. This shit happens, whatever you were all, we're all people, but like, you know, you gotta, you gotta learn yourself, learn for what works for you and just do what you can to stay inspired. And, and that'll motivate you. I could talk all day about it. I won't. <laughs> I feel like we do like get in these tangents so much. All of us do. We're just like get on the soapbox. And we're just like, this is what I love. Let me talk about it until your ears bleed. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm glad that we accidentally went like on, on the podcast more without stopping to record. Cause that was good stuff. <laughs> it was just a conversation. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to wrap up episode 55 of the Waking Up From Work podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed that. I got a lot out of that conversation with Matt, and I'm really looking forward to hanging with him uh, sometime in the future and learning some more stuff from him. So uh, if anyone out there is looking for any help with audio, you just heard from Matt that he's super open for contact. You guys know that I am always here to help you. I just hung out on a zoom call and helped out one of the the people in our community here who makes content uh, and makes way better YouTube thumbnails than me. So I learned a lot from, from her recently, but uh, if you need help with any audio, definitely feel free to hit Matt up or me up. And uh, we, we are happy to help. We're really happy that you guys are making shit at your house right now. And uh, even if this episode is heard way later, we uh, probably still want to keep helping. I'm sure of it. So if you need help, check it out. Revelry studios or crawlspaceaudio.com. And uh, if you want to check out the show notes today to see some of those links that Matt mentioned, head on over to wakingupfromwork.com slash show notes. And you'll see episode 55 with him on there. And uh, yeah, next week, Ryan and I talk about kind of some of those experiences when you realize that there's a lot more to learn and uh, not saying that we ever think that there isn't, but those moments where you really feel your gut drop and you're in a room of like big fish, or you just put yourself in some class that just totally blew your mind of realizing how much there really was more out there for you to do. And uh, we talk about some experiences we have on that for a duo episode next week for 56. So have a killer week, get some awesome stuff done if you can, and uh, hope you are healthy and safe out there, guys. Tons of love. Cheers. Cheers.